Thank you for listening to messages from Avondale Baptist Church and Pastor Jack Marslinder. This message is from the series Jesus in the Gospel of Luke and was preached on May 29, 2022. The song refers to twice in Jesus' ministry, women anointed Jesus with perfume. We're going to read of one of those stories today. This particular one was a woman with a sinful past, and she anointed Jesus with perfume out of gratefulness for the forgiveness and love that Jesus had shown her. The other time it happened, it was by Mary of Bethany, the sister of Martha and Lazarus, and a close friend of Jesus. And hers was also an act of honor, but it was also an anointing of Jesus before his death. In both cases, the anointing of oil was done as an act of respect, love, and deep honor. Now, I know our our culture is different. I'm not sure how I would respond to any of you today who came up and wanted to pour perfume on me. That's just not part of American culture. We honor people with awards, with words, with medals, with gifts. But anointing the head with oil and anointing... The the feet with perfume was a first century way of giving great honor. It was often done when an important guest came to your home. You, or a servant, if you were rich, would wash the feet of a guest and then pour perfume out on them. So as we read this passage about this story, don't dwell too much on the cultural differences. Their culture was different than ours. What I want you to think about instead is the hearts of the people involved. So as we read the story, think about the heart of this sinful woman. What was going on in her heart and mind? Think about the heart of Simon the Pharisee, the heart of Jesus, and the hearts of the crowd. And as you think about it, think also of your own heart. Are you like the Pharisee? Are you like the woman? Do you think of people like Jesus thinks of people? Because I don't want it to be just a story. I want us to think about our own hearts as we look at their hearts. So the story is in Luke chapter 7 as we work our way through the gospel of Luke, learning what we can about Jesus. And it's in verses 36 through 50. I want us to stand together as we read this story. Luke 7, 36 is where the story begins. When one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him, he went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. A woman in that town who lived a sinful life learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house. So she came there with an alabaster jar of perfume. As she stood behind him at his feet weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair, kissed them, and poured perfume on them. When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he would know who is touching him and what kind of woman she is, that she is a sinner. Jesus answered him, Simon, I have something to tell you. Tell me, teacher, he said. Two people owed money to a certain moneylender. One owed him 500 denarii and the other 50. Neither of them had the money to pay him back, so he forgave the debts of both. Now which of them will love him more? 
Simon replied, I suppose the one who had the bigger debt forgiven. You have judged correctly, Jesus said. Then he turned towards the woman and said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I came into your house. You did not give me any water from my feet, but she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, but this woman from the time I entered has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven, as her great love has shown. But whoever has been forgiven little, loves little. Then Jesus said to her, your sins are forgiven. The other guests began to say among themselves, who is this who even forgives sins? And Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. You may be seated. It's a, it's a great story, and it tells us a lot about the nature of people and especially the nature of Jesus. So uh, let me review the story because I want to make sure that you get the details correctly. Simon the Pharisee had invited Jesus to come to his house. An uninvited woman with a sinful past also came. The word that Luke used to describe her was a word that was usually used of sexual sin. So it's thought that she was a prostitute or an adulterer or promiscuous and probably had already met Jesus or at least had heard him speak. And maybe for the very first time, she realized that by Jesus, she was valued for who she was and not just what she could do. And so in gratitude, she came to honor Jesus. Her tears were probably a mixture of both shame for her past and joy in meeting Jesus. She cried, she wiped his feet dry, and she poured perfume on him. Meanwhile, Simon, as was typical of Pharisees, both then and now, was judgmental and appalled. He thought, if Jesus really were a prophet, then he would know who this woman is. He would know of her sinful past, and he would have absolutely nothing to do with her. Jesus knew who the woman was, and he also knew what Simon was thinking. And so he gave Simon a parable and a lesson. He said, two men owed a money lender some money. In today's terms, one owed about $50,000 and the other $5,000. These were significant sums. Neither one could pay the money lender back, and so he forgave both debts. And then Jesus asked Simon, which of the two men will love the money lender more? Simon answered reluctantly, I suppose, he said, but correctly, the one who was forgiven more. And then Jesus rebuked Simon. You didn't wash my feet. She did so with her tears. You didn't greet me with a kiss. She hasn't stopped. You didn't anoint me with oil. She did so with perfume. Her great love shows that she has been forgiven much. Your lack of love indicates that you don't think you even need to be forgiven. And so he told the woman, your sins are forgiven. Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. 
Then the crowd began to grumble. Who does he think he is? Apparently the crowd was more Pharisaic friends of Simon. Who does he think he is? Only God can forgive sin. They were right about that. But they were wrong about Jesus. Failing to believe that he really was and is God. So that's the story. And I really wanted you to know the details of the story. What I want to do is I want us to work through the hearts of the character in the story so we can learn from them. And we're going to talk about this unnamed woman's heart. We don't know an abundance about her. We don't know much of her previous interactions with Jesus, but boil down what we do know about her, trying to, to condense it down to one word, and that one word is that she had a grateful heart. In Jesus, she had found forgiveness of the shame she was living with, and she was grateful for that. In Jesus, she had found hope instead of the despair that was caused by an out-of-control life. And she was grateful. In Jesus, she had found love instead of the scorn that the town had heaped on her. And she was grateful. Just a question here for you all. Have, have you found those things? Forgiveness, love, hope, they're all available in Jesus. And this woman was so grateful that she was willing to show it publicly. She went into a home where she knew she was going to be hated and scorned, but she went there because Jesus was there, and she wanted to thank him, and she wanted to honor him. She faced the Pharisees who had put her down because Jesus was there, and she could face it if Jesus were there with her. She was so grateful that, you know, she didn't care. It didn't matter what other people thought, what others would say, what others might do. She was grateful to Jesus, and she was unashamed and unafraid to show it even in a hostile environment. That is the attitude of those who are really followers of Jesus. We thank Jesus, and we worship Jesus. And we honor Jesus, and we praise Jesus, and we share Jesus, and we love in Jesus' name, and it doesn't matter to us what others think. What Jesus has done for us is so incredible. Let the world think what they think. I know what I know, and I'm unafraid, unashamed, and I am perfectly willing, no matter what other people around me think, to show my love and my gratitude and my respect and my honor for Jesus. She had a very sinful past, but her heart was changed by Jesus, and now she was incredibly grateful for it. Contrast this with Simon's heart. His motivation, apparently, in inviting Jesus to his home was to find ammunition to criticize Jesus. He was cold-hearted and critical. He had no love whatsoever for the sinful woman, only disdain. He was critical of Jesus for allowing this woman to approach him. He answered Jesus correctly but reluctantly, well, I suppose. But he missed, apparently, unless he came to faith in Jesus later, he missed, apparently, the whole point of the parable. He was like many 
religious people both then and now. He knew the law, but he had no heart for people. He knew doctrine, but he had no love. He went to church, but he refused to hang out to those who needed it the most. He was religious, listen to this, he was religious but ungodly. And that should not be possible, but we still see it today, and that tribe of people seems to be growing. Religious, but ungodly. Many of you, I will talk about this at the end of the service, many of you have seen the report that came out this week about sexual abuse in the executive team of the Southern Baptist Convention. And because I'm president of the Arizona Southern Baptist Commission, I had to read the whole stinking 288-page report and begin to deal with it. And, and there's a part in there, because a lot of this was on the executive team level, not that they committed the sexual sin, but that they covered it up and showed a remarkable lack of compassion for those who had been abused. And, and this story... A woman was invited by the executive team after she had many times requested that she be allowed to speak. And there was great argument about whether they should even hear from her. But they finally agreed to hear from her and she came in and told her story of how she had been abused in Southern Baptist Church by a leader. And no one would do anything about it. And so she was finally taking it to the executive team one unnamed executive team member. In my heart, I'm naming him Simon the Pharisee. Refused to listen, but he didn't just quietly walk out. When she got up to speak, he stood and turned his back on her for her entire presentation. Listen, you lose a compassionate heart for people you are not qualified to lead because that is the heart of Jesus. Leaders with no compassion for hurting people. Leaders with no compassion for sinful people. Leaders with no concern about others have lost the right to call themselves followers of Jesus. You cannot speak for God if you have a cold-hearted and critical heart. And now let's look at Jesus' heart. and We've been talking about him throughout the Gospel of Luke, and we will continue to do so for most of an, another year. And I want to say two things about his heart here that are obvious about the heart of Jesus. And the first one is this, and we don't talk about this all the time, but Jesus was knowing. He knew the woman. He knew Simon. Simon was surprised that Jesus allowed the woman to anoint him. He assumed incorrectly it was because Jesus didn't know her past. Jesus did know her heart. Jesus did know her past, just as he knows ours today. He knew her sin. He also knew of her shame and her heart change. He also knew Simon's heart. He knew what he was thinking, and he told him a parable to correct Simon's thinking. Unfortunately, in this part of the story, there's absolutely no evidence that Simon had any change at all. So listen, I want you to know something, and this might scare you, 
And maybe it should just a little bit. Jesus knows everything there is to know about you. You can fool people, but you cannot fool God. You can fool your friends. They see mostly what you want them to see. You can fool your church. We see you on a good day when you come with a smile on your face and a a Bible in your hand and words of praise on your hearts. You can fool your pastor. I've been fooled many times in ministry. You can fool your parents. I just want to warn you children and teenagers that your parents know a lot more than you think they know. But it's possible to fool them. You can even fool your spouse. Maybe not as much as you think. But you can fool your spouse. But you can't fool God even a little bit. He knows your secret actions. He knows what you're thinking. He knows your attitudes. He can see past the phony smile and he hears through the sincere sounding words. He knows your doubts and your issues better than you do. And that could be real scary. There are some things about me that I don't really want you all to know and I wish God didn't know, but he does. But it's not scary because of the second thing I want to tell you about Jesus. Not only is he knowing, he is forgiving. He has a forgiving heart. And Jesus showed it by a statement. Your sins are forgiven. Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. She was most likely, as I mentioned, a prostitute or promiscuous or an adulterer, kind of the lowest of the low in Jewish society. And Jesus forgave her just as he does with any sin that comes with confession and repentance and faith. Now, I want you to read the Bible correctly before you take on the critical nature of a Pharisee. These names, these characters that we study and that we talk about like they are spiritual heroes really are not spiritual heroes. They're just forgiven sinners. Adam and Eve were disobedient and rebellious. Cain was a murderer. Noah was a drunk. Jacob was a liar and a manipulator and a thief. Joseph was arrogant and boastful. Aaron was an idolater. David was an adulterer and murderer. Hosea's wife was a prostitute. Thomas was a doubter. Peter denied Jesus. Paul gave approval to religious hatred and murder. And you? Well, I'm not going to name your sin. But you know you are just a forgiven sinner. And any claim you have to sainthood is because Jesus decided to see you as a saint and declared you to be a saint. Your life doesn't indicate that, and neither does mine. We are all forgiven sinners because Jesus has a forgiven heart, and you and I need it. And Simon loved very little because he didn't think he needed it quite possible that his sin was worse than hers but he didn't see it she loved much because she recognized I have been forgiven much you and I have all received the forgiveness of God if we're in a right relationship with him and that is why we offer it to others so put those two things together Jesus knows you and Jesus forgives you He knows you exactly as you are. 
and he still cares very, very deeply. Will not turn his back on you. Will not hold it against you. Will love you for the rest of your days and all eternity. Because though he knows all about you, he loves you deeply and has forgiven you. And he'll do that to anyone like this woman who has the faith to claim that forgiveness. So that's the heart of Jesus. Now, notice quickly the heart of the crowd. And they were grumbling and complaining. Who is this arrogant man who thinks he can forgive sin? How dare he do that? They understood correctly that sin was really against God. And only God can ultimately forgive sin. But he was right in front of their eyes. And they missed it. He was and is God. Listen, just a side remark about the crowd. Don't always hang with the crowd because often the crowd is completely and definitely wrong. You and I are not to follow the crowd but to follow Jesus and that will often put us at odds with the crowd. I wonder if his disciples were there, what they did, what they thought. Were they taken in by the crowd or, or were they faithful to Jesus? Luke doesn't tell us that. But that's the, the, the heart of the people involved in the story. Now let's talk about your heart and my heart. Are you like the woman? So grateful to the forgiveness that Jesus has offered you that you would honor Jesus even in a room full of haters? Are you like the Pharisee? Religious, church-going person, but with a cold heart and a critical spirit? Are you like the crowd? Grumbling and hardened toward other sinners without admitting your own? Are, are you living as a follower of Jesus to the point where you've adopted his forgiving and loving heart? I want you to think about your own heart. And I want you even to diagnose it as if you were a doctor. How's my heart? Now, let me ask you to do two things. And number one is guard your heart. A critical spirit towards others and an ungrateful spirit towards God are signs of deep, deep spiritual heart disease. If you have physical heart trouble, you probably have noticed some signs, maybe high blood pressure, shortness of breath, chest pain, a rapid heartbeat. For your spiritual heart, the warning signs of a bad heart are a critical spirit towards others, a quick decision to condemn, turning your back on hurting people, refusing to hang out with people who are different than you, and a willingness to put others down. That's one major sign of spiritual heart disease. And the other one is a lack of a grateful heart towards God. You can go days and weeks without thanking him. You have a lackadaisical attitude towards worship. You do it, but it's not really part of your heart. You find it easy to miss worship and to overlook the personal Christian disciplines of prayer and Bible study. And you can keep quiet about your faith. You can be in a crowd and nobody knows that you love Jesus. 
if you have physical signs of heart disease, you need to go to a doctor, cardiologist, and get it taken care of. If you have spiritual heart disease, you need to go to God immediately and admit it and talk about it. Have a serious conversation with him like you would a cardiologist. And listen, sometimes it's hard to take that first step. Every once in a while, I have to go to God with a prayer that goes something like this. God, I've kind of lost the fire. I'm just tired. I'm not excited about you. I mean, I love you and I believe in you. But there's something wrong. Yeah, outwardly I love people. Inwardly they just annoy me to no end. Hey, I'm just telling you, admit those things to God. Admit it. And then allow him to begin to change you. Because if we can't be honest with God, we're just playing a game. And so if you've got some signs of heart disease, you've lost the fire, you're not grateful, you don't worship wholeheartedly, you don't follow through on the Christian disciplines, you can turn your back on, on others without helping them, praying for them, loving them. Those are signs of serious heart disease. And we need many more people like this woman, admitted sinners with a love for God, then we need the religious but ungodly like Simon. And then number two, I'm going to challenge you to do this. Find a way to show extravagant love to God and to Jesus. The two women that I mentioned that, that, that honored Jesus with perfume were totally different. Mary of Bethany um, used incredibly expensive perfume as her gift. It was so expensive that she was criticized for spending that much money on Jesus. This woman probably didn't have that kind of money, but her gift was every bit as extravagant because it was open public praise in a harsh environment, in the face of contempt. So answer this question. What are you doing for Jesus beyond the ordinary, beyond the normal, that shows you have extravagant love and gratefulness towards Jesus? What are you doing beyond the normal? What am I doing beyond what is expected of a pastor? What are you doing beyond just coming to church and dropping some money in the offering plate? What are you doing that shows incredibly extravagant love towards Jesus? If you're not sure, hey, plan something. Do something. Maybe it's an act of service. Maybe it's a financial gift. Maybe it's a a sharing of Jesus, even in a tough environment where there are many, many, many unbelievers present. What are you doing? So check your heart and check your love. Because those are the things that indicate to Jesus that we are with him all the way. So I want you to think about those things and I want you to pray about those things. Thank you for listening to messages from Avondale Baptist Church and Pastor Jack Marslinder. You can find out more about our church at abcaz.net and you can find Pastor Jack's sermons on most podcast apps. Thank you for listening and may God bless you.